Thanks for tuning in to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Here you'll find tips, insight, and information to help your music and your ministry succeed. Whether you're a singer, a musician, or a songwriter, we want to help you where you are, but we also want to help you get to where you want to go. We believe that our talents are God's gift to us, but what we do with those are our gift back to God. Yesterday's information is important, but what we can learn today will make this the best day yet. Hey everybody, Rob Novell here. I'm super excited about today's episode. This was taken from sessions at CNS 23. We had special guests in each day. We involved our students. And at one o'clock, we did what we call the best day yet live. We recorded these sessions in an interview format and we're excited to bring them to you. So sit back and enjoy this session. Today, you all, we have Jonathan Wilburn with us in the house. Can you? Thank you. Man, Jonathan, it's an honor to have you with us. Honor to be here. At CNS 23. I've been so looking forward to having you with us. I um, knew of you all, but really first got to see you. And it's funny, I told him this earlier uh, today we were talking. Um, I joined Perfect Heart in 91, and um, we began working uh, multiple concerts and, and times together. And that's how I, I met you. Uh, I told him, I told Jonathan this earlier. Uh, the first singing at Sea Cruise I did with Perfect Heart, I had a roommate, but I didn't know who he was. And we <laughs> got to the boat early, and uh, I don't know. Within thirty minutes, the door opens, and this big old head stuck in the the doorway there. And he said, "Who are you?" It was Tony Gore that was singing at the time with Jonathan's family group, the Wilburns. His mom and your dad. Um, Why well, we don't have time to go through your mom and dad. But I told him this earlier. What I appreciate about working with them was I grew up Pentecostal in Southern Ohio. And all of a sudden God transferred, God put a Yankee Pentecostal on a bus full of a bunch of Southern, Southern Baptist. So we passed many miles with deep oh, yeah. theological discussion. <laughs> First time we worked with the Wilburns, they came out and started singing. And there was such an anointing in that room. People were hooping and hollering. And I'm like, that my people. And then I found out they were Baptist, and I was so confused. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? But Baptocostal. Baptocostal, there you go, there you go. So um, you have always sang from that place of, uh, from the heart. And um, you know what? If, if our personal walk with Christ is where it needs to be, and we're singing from our heart, then the anointing is just automatically, it, you can't hold it in. It's going to come out. So from your family and then into Gold City. And, you know, you can't grow up in this like I have or even be a fan of this music and not know the impact Gold City has had on music over the years. And, you know, when you first started what am I being doing? groomed to take that over yeah. and all of a sudden, Gold City? And I'm like, strange, but what a bonus for Gold City to get Jonathan Wilburn. And then from there into uh, your your ministry with your son and how cool that's been and now off doing uh, your solo thing. So um, I've watched you from afar for a long time and just really, really, um, you've blessed me for years. Um, you're an amazing person. You're a crazy singer. Y'all, he 
let me in on some new stuff that's going to be be released earlier today. I got to hear some stuff. Unbelievable. I don't know. He. I don't, I don't think he knows when it's going to be released, but just be watching for it because you have to get it. However you buy your music, you need to get this new project when it comes out. He's just an amazing, gifted singer. But and most importantly, I know you love the Lord. You love God. You love God's people. And um, I heard, I wasn't in here, but heard how the session went this morning, the performance training. And I think if you were in the room, you saw his heart and you saw where he comes from. So let's start at the beginning. Um, okay. How did this all start for you? <laughs> well, it started... Um, when I was a nine-year-old boy, and uh, I got saved, born into the family of God, and, you know, that's the most important ingredient for a gospel singer, is to believe the gospel with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Absolutely. And be a born-again believer. But that's where it all started. And I remember asking my grandfather if, uh, how I would know when I should shout or testify or sing a special. And my both my grandfathers were very down-to-earth men from Middle Tennessee. And uh, But his name was Woodrow Wilburn. And we called him Daddy Row. And I said, Daddy Row, how do I know when I'm supposed to testify or shout? He said, when you can't help it. <laughs> there you go. And... Um, I remember that first time I couldn't help it. I was, uh, three years later, I was a 12-year-old boy, and I had heard a group from Ohio, Mansfield, Ohio, called the Spencer Family. And my dad began to play. They had a live album out, and they had a live band. And I don't know if you remember, Kevin Kilgore played the drums for them. And and I was just a young boy, and man, I just thought that was so cool. They, they, They were just, they sounded different, and... And uh, a lot of people might think, well, he first cut his teeth on the cathedrals and blah, blah, blah. No, it was, uh, it was the Spencer family. And my dad had them booked at our church. Um, J.B. and Barbara Spencer, some of the finest people that's ever walked on this earth. But J.B. had a song called, I'll Take Off the Old Coat and Put on the New. And when he took off the old coat and reached around and had a coat hanging on stage, I mean, it was incredible way to describe the song and he reached around and got that and when he changed coats and there was and I, I realized you know I, that's me I've been changed and when I realized that I began to weep I've been to shout and that day it was like God said this is what I want you to do the rest of your life and you know from that moment forward I'll be honest with you I wanted to be a veterinarian <laughs> I'd bring my dog to you. I would. I, tr- I trust you with my dog. I, I don't know why I wanted it, but I did. I love dogs and cats and horses and all that kind of stuff. I'm, 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 both my grandparents had farms, and I just loved animals. And I even kept thinking, you know, I'm going to keep, you know, this singing thing will go away. Right. And, you know, I know you hear a lot of things. All I've ever wanted to do was sing. Well, that's, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, I can honestly say... I tried not to, and God continued to draw me into ministry, and I'm so glad he did. Right. So I didn't become a veterinarian, and uh, 
my family began to sing more and more. We sang it everything. We sang it every goat roping and pig festival. <laughs> I mean, my dad, we sang everywhere. And one of the greatest places, I remember one time we were uh, singing, and Dad said, hey, they've asked us to come to the Methodist church up in Elmwood, Tennessee. And uh, Elmwood was an African-American church. And I never will forget, they said, you know, I was used to doing a 30-minute set, and they said, we want you to do an A and B selection. So we did a, a what? an A and B selection. That means they wanted us to sing two songs oh, okay. and shut up. <laughs> and, but I remember listening to that music and a lot of people you know a lot of the songs I sing have a soulful feel and but I remember the choir came in that night I'd never heard this and they were they came down the center aisle pass me not oh gentle savior hear my humble cry man the back of my, and just so many diverse kinds of music that my parents, they weren't sticking the mud. You have to sing at the Baptist church to go to heaven. We sang everywhere uh, where we had an opportunity. So that's where I cut my teeth. We sang a lot. And uh, so I began to sing, me and my brothers and their wives, and we had a 4104 bus. <laughs> and we looked like the coal Haynes getting off that thing. I mean, there was more of us than than bus, I'm telling you. <laughs> and so we, my brothers decided that lifestyle wasn't for them. And I'll never forget, my dad said, we've got to make a decision. We're getting so busy. We've either got to move on or, or, or quit. And he said, tonight's the night, you know. And we all made a decision and I was left. That was me. And my dad said, I never thought you would be the one that would stay. And so me and mom and dad started a trio. We got a record contract with... Eddie Crook, Morningstar Records. We started recording music. Uh, then we had some hit albums. Uh, we, I remember going to the quartet convention and our first time at Nashville, Tennessee. We were right next to the McCamies. The McCamies, they just came out with a hit song called Who Put the Tears in the... Remember that? Yeah. Who put the yeah. tears in the eyes right. of the lamb? Well, I remember it was a number one song, and I remember my dad saying to Reuben, saying... Well, I wonder if they're why they didn't have y'all on quartet convention this year. And this helped my attitude toward where I sang and everything. He said, well, I guess when the people uh, request us enough, they'll have us on. And so it wasn't but about a year. The McCamies started going on the quartet convention in the Wilburns, and we haven't stopped since. But um, so then uh, we moved on. Uh, later in my life, I had just built a new home and had a great career started with my family, the Wilburns. Tony Gore was singing with us. We right. had some hit songs. And so one day I get a phone. A lot of people don't know this story. I've only told it to a few people. So you're you're in. And people say, how did you leave your family to go to Gold City? And I was on the phone with Becky Simmons. And you don't know who the Century 2 at that time. Yeah. Now it's BSA. They're a booking agency. And, and Becky booked the Wilburns. And I helped with the booking. And that's when we had the phones with the long cords. Right. And yeah, go figure. And so size uh, of that monitor. Yes. And Becky called and, and we were trying to work out a date and she said, you know, 
I'm so discouraged. Gold City's lead singer, uh, just we, we're going through another one. We lost another lead singer. And I was like, oh, well, doggone, you know, because right. I, was, I was needing to book a date. Right. And, uh, yeah. Just book my, fill my calendar. When she mentioned, you know, it was David Hill who's recently right. passed away. Right. right. And when she mentioned his name, the Holy Spirit, I hadn't thought about singing lead. I've never sang lead in a quartet. The Holy Spirit just tapped me on that. Would you turn that thing off? You know, that better better be Jesus calling, you know. (laughs) So uh, it scared me so bad when God spoke to my heart and said, hey, you're supposed to be that singer. I hung up on Becky. And uh, Becky called me back. She said, did you mean to hang up on me? I said, no. I said, it was just a knee-jerk reaction. She said, why? And I said, ask Tim Riley if he might be interested in me singing lead. Tim was on vacation at Gulf Shores, Alabama. And so Becky called. Sure enough, yes. And she said, you know, something funny during the time it was before I got a hold of Tim. You know, this is before cell phones and text and everything. She said, I had a promoter from Fayetteville, North Carolina that said he specifically wanted the Wilburns and Gold City to sing on a date. And it was the date I was looking for. And so we go out there. And at that time, we had both recorded, Gold City recorded a, a beeline project called Having Fun. And it had the old Happy Goodman song on it. There's a million things I'd like to right. do to serve. Well, the Wilburns had recorded an album called Blessings, and it had There's a Million Things. <laughs> it was in the same key, the same arrangement, everything. And so I'm doing, uh, we're doing a sound check. We had just hired Lauren Harris, the Wilburns had. Lauren was out there. I can still see his face. He's out there. We're doing a sound check. And when I start singing that, Jay Parrick and Mark Trammell come up and stand next to me. And they begin to sing that song with me. And it just automatically came together. And we all looked at each other and we went, we're sitting there singing going, there's a million things I'd like to do to serve my Lord. And it just blended perfectly. And we knew it was a God thing. That night, Tim Riley handed me a stack of CDs and said, the job's yours if you want it. And I went and told my dad, and he was proud and happy of his for his son. And my mom is still mad. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that story. And boy, I, I, I was almost going to ask you, can we ask that? Um, so, yeah, we just got the Paul Harvey, uh-huh. right? The rest of the story. I mean, she still loves me and cooks for me and, yeah. and everything. But, man, I'm telling you, we can be sitting around talking about the music business or something. And just out of nowhere around strangers or fans or something, Mama go, yeah, Jonathan left us. <laughs> You know, again, it was one of it, it was it was one of the moments you like. Huh? Did I hear that right? You know, really, what? Um, but I love I love the story you just shared because um, you know when God's in it, He's in it. It is. That's and, true. And um, what you all then did for the next how long? I, I was there for twelve years. Right. And we had some incredible singers. Um, and but it was it's a time in in my life and my career. See, I had never sang lead, and I was as green as a gourd. And I remember Tim Riley Riley saying, "Jonathan, you are country as cornbread, but you can't sing that way." <laughs> 
you know, it was it was a tough six months, my first six months, trying to fit in. I remember thinking, golly, I sure do miss getting on the bus and saying, Mom, I'm hungry, you know. Because those hairy-legged men didn't care if I was hungry or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, we, you know, the biggest, biggest thing, my wife, I, I have to say, Sandra, my wife, is, uh, is so dear. And it killed her when we moved from and uprooted from our right. hometown where our family had, right. has lived for over 150 years. Which was what part of Tennessee? Carthage, Tennessee. Okay, Carthage. On the, right there on the banks of the Cumberland River. And, um, but, you know, we moved to Gadsden, Alabama, and it was hard. It was hard on her. But now, you know, people say, why didn't you move back to Tennessee? And I said, there's these things called grandchildren. <laughs> and if we'd had our grandchildren first, our children would have never seen the light of day. <laughs> but now we have grandchildren in Gadsden, and they range from the ages of five to nine. We have uh, three granddaughters. They're two nine-year-olds, a uh, five-year-old, and have one grandson who's seven. And they're so involved in everything in our lives, and we just we can't leave. That's can't awesome. Leave. I, it was funny you mentioned the move because uh, uh, I guess maybe I'm a sports guy, but I, I relate different people in gospel music according to their who they their fan base of. Mm-hmm. Jeff Stice, I obviously knew was a Kentucky fan. Oh yeah, you know uh, er, Eric Bennett. Okay. Eric Bennett is the the Alabama. El, that elephant. Place. I can't believe I said it. you know out loud, right? And it's on recording. Uh. But I've always known, I'll, I'll never forget one night um, in Louisville after we were in there and, and you guys were all decked out. Um, he's, this is a Tennessee volunteer through oh, yeah. and through. And um, I, I love how, in, you know, we have these moments of intense fellowship from <laughs> group to group and you have all these different fans on the group. So, uh he he got transplanted him, but he took all the orange with him. And I publicly want to make an apology to you. I'm a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, and we sent you Butch Jones. I'm so sorry oh my about that season of listen, Tennessee football. We wandered in the wilderness for a long time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that that's kind of the, a cool, fun side thing of, of when you're involved and you, you, you know the groups and you know, what it shows is if you know a sport team that somebody follows, they've made such an impact on your life that you have gotten to know them to a certain degree. So relationship, relationship, relationship is, is how all this, this works. Talk to them a little bit about relationships in your life. Of course, my mom and dad, my wife, I've already mentioned them. But um, I guess you would like to hear some more like people who are in the industry that have really been instrumental in encouraging me. And as I said, um, when I first went with Gold City, we recorded a, uh, there was already a, a number one song that was recorded called I'm Not Giving Up. And so we went to Anderson, Indiana to record a Gaither video. And I was uh, alone. I was on a bus with a bunch of guys I really didn't know that well. And I missed my family. I missed, you know, I missed, I missed home. And it was a pretty cold and dreary day. And we walked in. And I remember the hotel had a restaurant in it. And I was by myself. And I walked in the restaurant and seated in a booth 
was Bill Gaither, Glenn Payne. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. In this restaurant. And so I walked in, and of course I knew Glenn because our family, we did some touring with the cathedrals, the Wilburns did up north, and I'd gotten to know them. And, and I'll say this, out of the, the people I've traveled as far as other groups that treated us with as much kindness and courtesy, uh, I can say with all honesty that Glenn and George Payne, two of them, I mean, George Yance and Glenn Payne. Absolutely. <laughs> a 55-year-old kicked in and uh, treated us with as much courtesy and kindness of any people that I've ever worked with and for. Ambassadors. Oh, yes. Amazing. And so I walked in and made eye contact with all of them. And we waved, and it's just passing and repassing. I sat down, and I'll just be honest with you, I, I was almost, and I, I'm not a real emotional person as far as, you know, gloom, despair. But that day, I, yeah, there you go. That day, I felt low. And I'm sitting there, just kind of got my head down, reading my menu, and and then all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, kid, how you doing? And I look up, and it's Glenn Payne, and he's in the booth with me. And... Um, we just began to talk, and he made me feel like I was supposed to be there. And he began to encourage me and 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 talk to me about my voice and and you know just be a incredible encouragement to my life. And we talked and we talked, and uh, finally got to, it was time to go record. And he paid for my breakfast, and so I'll never forget that. If you knew how. Glenn was. It was kind of ironic. Yeah. He paid for my breakfast. That was yeah, a big deal. Absolutely. And uh, so we we go in, and we're not even thinking because Gold City's gone through a major change that they're even going to use us on the video. You're not you're not guaranteed that. And I believe Glenn had a lot to do with it. And uh, so they said, "All right, uh, Gold City, get up here and sing that I'm not giving up song." And I'm sitting there, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Because then, I mean, everybody's set right, right there. there yeah. And they're like looking at you like... You're around you know, the piano. Around the piano. Yeah. And I remember holding a mic like this. And you can't see it on... But it felt like I was going... <laughs> I was trying to catch it, you know? I was so scared. And uh, But we had a God moment. And the Holy Spirit got in it. And uh, they got behind us. And that was an incredible moment. One day, and we get a call, and you know that you made an impact. And uh, Tim said, well, you know, we know we're doing pretty good. Charles Stanley just called and said he's listening to I'm Not Giving Up, wearing his I'm Not Giving Up hat, wearing his I'm Not Giving Up t-shirt. <laughs> listening to I'm Not Giving Up on his walk, when he walks. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, those kind of moments, Glenn Payne really encouraged me that day because I was really thinking about saying, you know, this is for me. Right. And he encouraged me. Rex Nealon was a huge encouragement. Uh, my grandparents, uh, my grandfather, he was always just encouraged me to sing so many. And then through, through gospel music, you meet people just on the road. Right. That come up to you and tell you what an impact Today it was an encouragement. I don't know if she's in here, but there was a lady, and we were walking out of breakfast, and just today, 
And I said, and it was early, you know, I was kind of cutting up. And I said, they were just kind of, you know, I was like, I said, y'all look like y'all feel like singing. And, and uh, she said, well, I've had this song on my mind all day. And she went, are you ready for the trumpet? Are you ready for the call? Soon the angels will assemble to welcome in the Son of God. Will He come and find you faithful? Will He know your name at all? Man, and I'm sitting there going, I was sitting on the back of the bus when that was written. <laughs> Doug Riley wrote that song. And uh, she she didn't know who I was, and that didn't matter. I was just like, man, the mu- this music that I've sang for 40 years, people really do listen to it. And it meant a lot to me this morning. I'm still encouraged by what God does through the simplest of things. Absolutely. And Doug, uh, Doug was one of those people to me. Oh, yeah. Um, me too. Doug, and um, so... My, my call to Perfect Heart was to come fill in because Aubrey Stevens was getting married and Jeff said, can you fill in for three weeks? I said, absolutely. You know, would love to. Would love to. So I go. First night was Danville, Virginia, this little Christian supper club. And uh, we do the first three songs and Danny Funderburg turned around and introduced me as the new bass player. And I looked at Jeff. I looked at Jeff and he was just going, just grinning from here to here. So... But here's what I told them, as bad as I wanted that. I grew up in the school watching all the groups. This was, that was my dream. But I went thinking God had opened a three-week door for me. So we're on this three-week plan. (laughs) Can I go three weeks? Three-week plan. And then give you an answer. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Third week, um, we, it was, um, we did a big, we were in Greenville, South Carolina. It was us, Gold City. McKamey's, Kingsman, um, somebody else was there and I don't remember, but uh, I went out, third week out, I went out, sound checked, put my bass on a stand, left it on stage, walked off. They introduced us, we go out, and we were starting with I've Been to Calvary. Me and Jeff would just hit a note and let it roll, and I've been to, and then we'd, we'd go in. And I hit that first note, and it was, it were in G, and it wasn't a G. And I look down, and I'm playing a G, but it wasn't a G. And I'm like, okay, quick enough to think I've got an alternate G. I go to the next string G, wasn't a G. And I'm like, what is going on? And Jeff's looking at me. I look over, and Mark Fain has been over laughing. He had come to my bass guitar and just randomly turned all of my keys. That's not right. And... um, he welcomed me to gospel music after the concert. That was my, I'm not going to talk on tape about what I did that he still doesn't know was me. Uh, but anyway. Um, well, do you remember, we, we sang with you guys. One of my first dates ever was with Perfect Heart down in Mississippi in that gym. There was mm-hmm. a, the little gym that we used to say is hot in there. And like the floors would sweat and it was awful. That, that's all the gyms. And guys. Yeah, well. Well, I remember that night, you know, sometimes people say the doggone just things. I was just come with Ghost City, and this lady comes by, and I remember she had this big, tall hairdo, and she was your typical, you know. And she came by the table, and I said, hello, ma'am, glad to have you tonight. She went, you'll never be Ivan Parker. <laughs> Whoa. 
Well, you know, my mom had taught me to be nice. Right. I still had enough redneck in me. <laughs> and real, I mean, God, God had to give it to me because it was too good. And I went, yes, and you'll never be Cheryl Teague's. <laughs> So. And uh, she she turned around and just walked off. And so, but that night, I'll never forget, uh, the Holy Spirit, I sang Midnight Cry for the, one of the first times, and man, it was just an incredible night. And she came back to the table, and she said, son, I'm so sorry. She said, I I spoke out of turn, and I said, well, I was kind of a smart aleck, too. So we, we right. made amends. We, right. we, we, we mended the fence. Oh, that's awesome. I thought that was pretty funny. I, so one one let me do this. One more question, and then we're going to take their questions. Um, what would be small to tall we're all here different backgrounds we've got some that probably like I was when I was a student here aspiring to get on a bus and go Um, others are content they're the alto in the second row of the church choir that's what God's called them to do what is something you could give to them that either you've learned the easy way the hard way that could help them find that they are walking in God's will for their life with their music? What's something you could get? Well, the, uh, and I don't want to, uh, you know, I hear the, the term, I don't want to sound too spiritual. Uh, what better thing than to sound spiritual? You know, I, that's, a, that's, right. that's a God thing. Yeah, don't ever apologize don't for that. Don't apologize for that. But what I want to tell you is, as a young person, in gospel music, I did not feed on the Word of God like I should have. And uh, in my prayer life, and and being making sure that I'm in, you got a hunger for the Word of God and hunger for, I don't know where any of you come from as far as churches, but find a, where you can be fed and your spirit can be fed and learn true obedience there you go. to God. And whether you're a singer or a plumber, whatever you are, in that obedience, be satisfied with what God is leading you into. And I I posted a thing the other day, uh, grow where you are planted. That's great. And uh, so, and you know, Bill Gaither has an incredible story about when he and Gloria, and they they had a trio, and, and I think this is correct. Uh, I know it is because I heard him tell the story. And he had a trio, and they sang with the Weatherfords at a concert, and they had a packed house, like 600 people. And this is when they their first humble beginnings. And he said, you know what? He went to the promoter, and he said, we can do this by ourselves. We don't need the Weatherfords. Mm. And the next year, they had 30 people. And Bill said he did a lot of evaluating in his own life and he went back to teaching. And for 19 years, Bill Gaither is that he in his heart decided to be the best school teacher in the state of Indiana. Right. Not the best gospel singer, not the best gospel songwriter, but where God had planted him, he obeyed the Lord and became the best school teacher. And that's where he met Gloria, and then the rest is history. It's history, history, history. And uh, so, my my advice: the the longer I sing, the more satisfied I am with where I am. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied here today right. where I'm sitting. And I know this is where God wants me. Absolutely. Now, believe you me, there's been times I've been sitting in places I knew that wasn't where God wanted me. Right. There's nothing worse than trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Absolutely. And uh, go where God sends you. Be obedient to his word. Bathe your life in prayer and surround yourself with people who support you in living a life in obedience for Christ. That's so good. It's two things there. I believe our placement brings provision. Um, and then I've, I've, I've got a sermon I, I teach on. It could be time to take friend inventory of your life. Inventory is the most important thing in any successful business. Yes. And what he just said is so true. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There you go. There you go. I told a youth group, if you can look down the road and see your circle of friends with you 10 years from now, you're in the right circle. If you can look around right now and realize these people don't need to be in your 10-year plan, boot them to the curb now. You know, do it in love. You know, but my point is, um, and we've talked relationship, and, you know, this is where a place like this you start to develop. Some of my lifelong friendships are friendships I established when I was a student here at the school and um, people that speak into me. So, uh, okay, I want questions. Anybody have a question for Jonathan? All right, here we go. What is your process for song selection? How do you pick the songs that you know you need to sing? For an album or for... For For just... a new song. If you're looking for new material, what? How do you <laughs> I do know? Have a process. Um, when I get new material, I let my mom and my wife listen to them. If they cry or my mom shouts, <laughs> they get on the album. <laughs> so his mom and wife's phone number is. <laughs> Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's I will. Great. You know, I, I also need a connection, but usually I, I, a song that has a connection with me, uh, you know, uh, my wife is such a, a good good person, and my mom is such a, they're both very uh, grounded in the faith and in the Word, and, and I have a lot of confidence in them. And so when I let them hear a song, if they are excited about it. Now, there, there, there are some where I hear it and I say that's going on my album because I like it and I'm, I'm solo so I get to do that <laughs> and so uh, that's the way that I'm working on an album right now that is uh, going to be coming out it's something called Gospel from the Rhyme and it's going to have something like that it's old songs that I grew up with from WSM from the Opry that my dad you know on the wings of a snow white dove and all those kind of songs but the way I got those songs is uh, Dwayne Allen is a friend of mine, and he has been around forever, and he is kind of close to that the Opry, and he knew what kind of Opry gospel songs had been sung. So there's a lot of Martha. Can he? The first thing he started talking about was Martha Carson. So I, I just I derive from a lot of wells a lot of what we what I sing, and so Dwayne helped me pick those those songs that are going to be on this new album that Rob yeah. was telling you about. Unbelievable. You all, just wait. Just wait until you get, get a chance to get a hold of that thing. Any other questions? Yep. Young man in the blue right there. 
I had breakfast. Oh, did you? Yeah. What is your favorite song that you've done? That I have personally recorded? Yes. Um, goodness gracious. That's always a tough question because I have so many favorites. But one that will be played at my funeral will be a live cut when they roll me out of me and Mark and Jay and Tim singing When He Calls Me, I'll Fly Away. So I would say that one. That's awesome. Uh, was it Tina? Okay. We're working our way around. Uh, this is our Vanna White. Right there with the microphone. Vanna. Uh, woo, Vanna, you need to go to Dolly's surgeon. You were talking about, you know, being nervous and stuff on stage. What advice can you give to me? I love to sing gospel music, but it absolutely petrifies me to be on stage. What advice can you give me to calm myself before the, that? Be prepared. Uh you know, any professional athlete, uh, you're, you're going to experience butterflies. And there's times I'm pretty doggone scared to walk on stage. Uh, but I also just remember that I'm prepared. I'm prepared for this. Me personally, though, a lot of times I like to sing a song, a fast song first, or a powerful song, because a lot of my energy that I'm feeling that from, I like to release it so I can settle into a program. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Uh, what methods of communication do you use to build a relationship between you and the audience? Eye contact is really important. Um, something I learned, sorry, something I learned very early. I, I see a lot of singers that I, I call it singing over people's heads. And I'm not talking about lyrically. Uh, it's like if I'm talking to you and looking at the fire alarm. So if I'm singing a song, I'm trying to find people to look in the eye because I want them to know I believe what I'm singing. And the eyes are the window of the soul. And when you look somebody in the eye, whether you're communicating uh, in life with your family I, even my grandchildren, I'll go, hey, hey look, look at Daddy Jay and I. Come on, look at me. I want to learn. I want, I want to teach my children to look people in the eye and be honest because honesty is in the eyes. And so I would, I would recommend, recommend that highly is to find, uh, Glenn said, find, find five people in the audience that are loving what you're doing and are looking at you and sing to them and, 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 and work it that way. So that's, that's, would be my recommendation. That's good. Does that make sense? Okay, good. All right. Jonathan, thank you. Uh, thank this, you, Rob. This has been fun just to, uh, <laughs> for us to sit and have a private conversation in front of 100 people. It's been fun. Uh, well, these are, these, are, these are people who uh, desire to be a part of this music right. and are a part of this music and I believe love what we're more than anything what we're trying to do and that's to communicate the gospel absolutely absolutely friends and family can we give jonathan one more round of applause all right appreciate you buddy 
Thanks for listening to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name The Charles Novell School of Music. And for more information on CNS and our upcoming events, like our online school, our weekend regional sessions, our creative coaching, and our pastor's retreat, you can visit us at our website at www.cnsmusic.com. As you've listened to this episode, we hope that you've gained some information that you can apply to your music and to your ministry to make today the best day yet.